0: Hello, hello, hello. We're just
1: two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, it's good to be with you again, Andrew. my friend. How Dude, you doing?
0: Good to see your sparkling eyes. <laughs> Dang, I meant to use that more, and I didn't remember until right this moment. I <laughs> to see, that see your sparkling, sparkling blue too. eyes. I Dang, I could have told them how good their eyes looked.
1: don't worry man don't worry you got chances you know just just pull it in today tomorrow like i feel like i
0: I feel like i dropped the ball this week i had one thing to do was just tell people i like their eyeballs
1: (laughs) oh no no no, that wasn't it good to see your eyes that's what it was (laughs) it's good to see your sparkly eyes remember you gotta get detailed about it that's what makes it weird yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> no, I think the fact that you just mention eyes like that's weird enough in itself. Like yeah. I don't think you need that, that is weird. But enough. you got to make sure it's like it's good to see your eyes. I can't make a compliment about yeah. their eyes. Like, oh, dude, you have really right. nice looking. At it. Then it's weird.
1: Then it's yeah. like sexual
0: weird. Like now, right. we're in a character you yeah, yeah, yeah. want to play in.
1: Better to just compliment their eyes. Like, or dude, yeah. like I love seeing your forearms out of that uh, out of that t-shirt. <laughs> You know, just all kinds of weird compliments. Oh, no. that, there's
0: something about that same that you're like. Mm. Now he's like, because the first thought they're gonna have is he's hitting on me. And
1: you're like, I'm not. Yeah, it's on just
0: it's literally awkward.
1: just as weird as the eyes, though. That's all I'm saying. Um, it's right there, man. Oh, right there.
0: I think it's weirder. I think it's weirder than the eyes, because dudes have a weird thing with their muscles, <laughs> right? Like, there's just this like awkward. I don't know what it is. People yeah. love their muscles.
1: Alright, um, you could compliment somebody on their wrists and their eyes and see what gets the weirder reaction. Probably yeah, nobody yeah. cares about wrists. You'd be like, hey, like, nice wrists, man. Yeah. You've been working on that. Um, could All right, you here's him? the
0: question now, Andrew. You've sparked yeah. curiosity in me. Mm-hmm. Um, what body part do you think is the less like the least noticed body
1: part on a human <laughs> being? The least noticed? The least to- maybe talked about. Probably ears, dude. Like ears would be one. Unless you have big (laughs)
0: ones.
1: Yeah. I would say for most people, the ears are just like a non issue. So if people bring them up, they'd be like, what? Oh, that's super weird. You know? Um, yeah, Yeah. ears gotta be up there. But things like wrists, forearms, (laughs) all of that, like nice chin, like you got a really great you got a really great chin, you know? Like that's a weird thing that People don't think about a lot, so yeah, man. All of that, all uh, and eyeballs, <laughs> especially when you say eyeballs instead of eyes.
0: I might spend the rest of the day just pondering this question mm-hmm. and see if I can come up with a really good. I'm thinking like the swell of the back. <laughs> like I, I don't think I've ever the noticed or talked about someone like the swell of the back. Not like where you put a tram stamp. Every time tram stamp people talk about it, like that's the tram stamp location. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like a little bit above that, just the right, right, right where your shoulder right. blades, nobody talks about mm-hmm. that part of people's bodies. Yeah. You know, here's the real question. And I don't want to do the Googling searching of this because you'll go no. down some crazy rabbit holes on the internet. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I wonder if anyone's into that. Like that's their fetish. You know, like people have that. weird foot fetish. No offense if you have a foot fetish, but like, it's weird. Um, it's weird. But what if the like, offended. yeah. What if like your fetish <laughs> is like, just swallow the, the back, man. I just, mm, I just love me some backswell. So that's, okay
1: okay that's uh, cool
0: what, the, what it yeah. that says about your personality like you're you're a back swell guy like i wonder wonder, wonder like <laughs> psychoanalysis we can do on that dude, person. it says it says something about it it definitely says something
1: i don't know what it says like, I'll be honest, saying, if says you something.
0: if you said if we're like having beers and you're like dude i have a foot fetish and i'm like what like i would have preconceived notions of who you are at that point <laughs> Because you have a foot fetish. Right. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't lead with that in a conversation with people. Like I would no. lead with, you know, it's good to see your eyes. But I wouldn't lead with, I got a foot fetish. Just
1: <laughs> No, definitely not. No, no. That's no. uh just, yeah, you... you don't lead in. Yeah. <laughs> Although if you had one, one maybe you would want to. If you did have one, maybe you'd want to tell people about
0: it. That's true. Maybe people. like if it was a big deal to you and you're just trying to find other like-minded people <laughs> that you could feed.
1: That do us friends just, if, you just go to a, if, if you're the swell around, around? <laughs> if you're the swell of the back guy maybe you do want to talk about it because you're like i'm the only one that cares about this <laughs> uh like that's you're just fair. constantly I trying know. to I find think other
0: side would beat it out of you like mm-hmm. you would have so many and they're like no, we're not going to talk about this yeah um, <laughs> no there's a lot to this conversation kind of... if you're if you're out there and you're like super into back swells um like that's your I want to meet you uh, now when I meet you, I might make fun of you. I might ridicule you a little bit, but I do it. I do it in jest. I wouldn't say it's because right. I like you. Cause I don't, I don't know you. Right. Um, or if I do know you, I just don't know that part about you. Uh, but I, I would have questions. And if you're cool with like, For sure. Having questions thrown at you that may feel like they're demeaning. Um, like, he'll, like, hit me up. I wanna, I wanna have a conversation. Um, you're not gonna see my back swell. Like, if that's why you want to hit me up, I'm not showing it to you. That's weird. Um, nor am I gonna get back swell photos for it. Like, that's strange. Um, uh, this is the but, weirdest but, intro but i have
1: ever done, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should I just cut? Should I just cut all of it? Like, no. hi, welcome to episode no. sixty. Here's no. the super weird discussion as to All no. right, people, this is this is if real talk for Josh and I. Yeah, If you yeah, can't, this is real life. Yeah,
0: if you can't jump into that conversation with us about weird, strange things, then they, that's on you. I'm sorry, and we might not be your <laughs> podcast because
1: we might not be your be guys. Honest, we we, yeah, we're not back. Uh, well, Andrew,
0: people. what's yeah. What's one thing you're watching, listening to or reading that you're like super into right now?
1: Dude, I'm reading actually I'm not super into those books. I'm reading one book on church discipline. Like not like not discipline, but like church leadership. Uh not discipline, but like leadership structures. You <laughs> yeah, board board structures, all that stuff. So that's super not what fun, book? but uh give me just a second and i can tell you the title it's a really oh, no, long title
0: give me just it's one a second. yeah it's <laughs> a new i'll
1: send you the title um but it's helpful and it's like we're going through it as as a leadership team so that's good um but then i'm also reading uh knowledge of the holy by aw tozer which is good but i'm only yeah. doing these two right now because um I've been reading like lots of fiction and stuff when I am reading. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to read some serious books. Then I'm going to get back to like fiction or lighthearted or easy or whatever. But I like to read for a little bit before going to sleep at night. Um, But I am still enjoying survivor. (laughs) We're on season 13 or 14 at this point. And uh, right?
0: 59,
1: or 49. There's 59 seasons? 49 seasons. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. It's insane. So, so they're still airing then? So they were going to air. I think they're coming back shortly with the 50th or 51st, but they paused it due to like all the COVID stuff. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're going to keep going soon. So it is crazy. But yeah, man, still still loving Survivor, honestly um it's kind of goofy but is what it is yeah what about you man
0: that's crazy um sorry mm-hmm. i was looking up survivor i'm like so intrigued <laughs> when where's the start All i'll say is there? if
1: you do start watching go back to season one and watch it like it's pretty fascinating. so they do two seasons a year well, at first it was because just they, one, but they then released, I think, they released dude, I think they got into like hyperdrive, and they were doing two or three a year, um, because it's just thirty-nine wow. days, you know, is the full length of the show, um, so they could uh, they could okay. pack in multiple seasons in a year. Yeah,
0: I've tried so far. I've never never been into it, but well, uh, what am I reading and listening to right now? That's might be because right. you're a Maxwell so, guy secretly, Andrew. I am. I'm a huge Maxwell, So a lot of my things have to do with Maxwell's as I share these with you. So and pink no judgment. guy. Yeah. Uh, though I already told you, I judge you. So I guess you can judge me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I reread a couple of books on leadership uh, for the life of me. I'm trying to remember the book's name. Um, <laughs> shoot. What the heck was it called? Um, let me see if I can find it really quick. Kindle um oh you know what it'd be right here mr kindle dude kindle is pretty incredible
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: if you don't have a kindle and you're a yeah. reader like i do all the books that's what i read on hand, like, come on yep. you can't beat that yep. and kindles are waterproof i don't know if you knew this but they sell water. i didn't kindles.
1: know that i didn't know that so i bought a
0: waterproof Kindle because the majority of my reading let's be honest gets done while i'm in the shower and when I say in the shower, I'm really more of a bath. It's more of a bath, but it's in shower form. Um, my sister taught me when I was a child. She called them shower baths. I was down. Um, which is a really, really weird memory. But I do remember the day that my sister said, let me introduce you. This has happened a lot in my life. Where my sister was like, let me introduce you. to something that's going to change your life. And it did. I, I've done it ever since. Um, like you put a lounge chair in a shower, I'm down like 100%. (laughs) Now you need hot water. that's that's going to last forever. But my dad also did the same thing with Jack in the box tacos. He handed one to me when I was like 10 and he's like, this is going to be the best taco you've ever eaten in your life. Um, which like at the time was true. Like it was pretty darn good. It still is a good taco. It's weird, but it's a good taco. But now that like the taco scene is like drastically changed, like, you you're just, right. there's better tacos out. I should do the same thing back to my dad and see if he like recognizes it. I should like, go visit. Him. I'm like, Dad, this is the best taco you're ever going to eat in your life. And see if he <laughs> he won't remember because we've talked about this before. And he's like, What are you talking about? Uh, um, it's funny. Whatever, Dad. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I can't remember the name of the other book. The one book is called High Impact Teams. Another book nice. uh, is learning to Lead Like Jesus. And then there's another book. It has a blue cover, yeah. but. It's down the physical books downstairs. So I don't remember what it is. Um, nice. And then I just started again. It's been probably fifteen years since I read this book, but in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, um, oh, nice. which is Mark Batterson's book from I mm-hmm. don't know, got to be like early two thousands, mm-hmm. um, which is also good. And then Andrew turned me on to the rise and fall oh, of podcast. Mark Hill podcast. Uh,
1: yeah, so dude. I've been. I should have said that. that. Oh, uh, there's,
0: there's seven probably new episode
1: out yeah they took a week they, off they come out on at the,
0: some point along the way i don't know when yes. it was i was just listening to one of them and it said that
1: um, they did i a guess that's back. a
0: normal thing for them um, ah. but i just started episode seven i don't know when it came out but let me pull it up i
1: right think next. a couple months ago yeah Which it's like, like every wednesday out. they come out dude it's good it's it's yeah, like you don't know the story to, of but hill, it's good yeah
0: if you don't know the story of mars hill I think it would, it would describe the story for you, but essentially it's the rise and fall of a church, right? Like Marcel imploded yeah. on itself for a variety of different reasons. And they kind of dig into that. But what I like about it is like, like Christian Christianity today is the one that produces it. And they not like, uh-huh. it's really good, like well-produced, okay. well great well content, done. like yes, yeah, great storytellers. Like I'm, yes. I'm rather impressed that the Christian media, is knocking dudes out of the park like this because it's not. I love not when, usually. I happen.
1: love when Christians do stuff with absolute excellence, man. You know, because yeah. and I love that because growing up, I always felt like Christian media and often music was usually like second or third class. You know, like yeah. hey, the message is good, so the quality's not as good. And it's like guys, like do stuff with excellence. So you're right. Like they they go all the way, and I'm hopeful that like this show this podcast that they're doing has uh has made some waves and and like has grown a lot in reach and i'm really hopeful that a lot of like churches will benefit from it you know cuz it like it is the story of Mars Hill so it's kind of incredible cuz they they went from like 0 to 15,000 plus people super quickly they were like the first available on an iPod, you know, that you could listen to their services on an iPod. They were the first U S church on there. Like when that platform rolled out, like they did all these crazy online things that were way ahead of their time. Honestly, um, that grew that made them like one of the first more modern style mega churches, you know, but then it was kind of, it was built around Driscoll's, personality a lot so and and that's not but unique to Mars true. Hill they were just so no, huge and that's that, what I really liked about it yes yes but it I'm like, hopeful it's they gonna be for the good, good overall man like that so many people can listen and be like oh there's elements of that in my church or what elements of, of this exist in my leadership that I'm have as blind spots you know I just hope a lot of questions yeah. like that are asked and that people
0: there adapt be, so that, they
1: don't have yeah. a implosion you know
0: yeah, that won't happen. It's like what was the question you asked me? Whatever. I hope this changes things. My response is like, no, it's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> My response was, people love power, and we change facts in our head to make uh, them fit our positions, well, so we don't have yeah. to change. It's always going to happen. Hey, uh, dude, if it but,
1: if it changes a few leaders, then uh, then it'll be net good, you know? Because like church hurt. Well, I liked deeper. how they went in yeah.
0: through like. They gave, they gave a clear understanding. So Mars Hill kind of really took off in the early Mm two thousands. Like that's when they saw exponential growth. Um, And like, they went through like, what was it like in the early two thousands? What was the church doing? And what were the, who were the voices in the church and what was this new phenomenon? And the new phenomenon was this idea of like celebrity pastors, like pastors, Mm -hmm. churches getting built on the backs of, of the talents of their pastors. Yeah. and yeah. like they got to that, it's like they went into like the Rick Warren phenomenon and purpose-driven life, and you know how that that model was built, and you know seeker-friendly, and all those kinds of things. And I'm not downplaying any of those things. I think healthy churches have elements of a lot of those things to attract people, but um, just not focus on those the celebrity piece. Um, yeah. I think that's just a pressure that anyone's going to fall under. And there's plenty. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I would say, you know, I've been a pastor for a long time and ran in pastor circles for a long time, and there is, I would say. 98% of the pastors that I've interacted with wanted large platforms. We'll say 90% mm-hmm. of the pastors. Cause now I'm thinking like friends and I want to offend them. Uh, but uh, we're seeking huge platform and I'm, I'm putting myself in that same boat. I'm not saying you look at you and point the finger at you. I'm pointing the finger at myself as well. Um, like all through my early twenties, majority of my twenties, like I was seeking a large platform and figuring out how to get it. Uh, yeah. Because that was the model that was demonstrated to us. Um, and most pastors don't get it or like, they, yeah, they just, they chase things that just God's not giving to them and they got to move on, um, and be who God's called them to be. Um, and I, I think that's where the destruction starts to come into play. Cause when you get it, what are you gonna do with it now? Like yeah. you think you're the hot shit, like yeah. you're, you're the guy you're this and, and the reality is in their circles, they are the guy. Like yeah you look at, and I'm not, I'm not. I'm going to use him as an example. I'm not saying anything bad about them. I think they have great ministry, but you look at like an elevation church with Stephen Furtick, right? Elevation church is Stephen Furtick as, as much as a lot of ways probably those inside of elevation would like to say it's not, but you lose Stephen Furtick and you cut your attendance in half in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's built on him and whether Mm -hmm. that's good or bad, you can debate that, whatever. Um, That's, we're not going to debate it here. Um, But like there's, In, in his circles, he is, he's the shit. Like he is the guy. Um, Yeah. so yeah, how easy would it be for you to be the guy in those, to, to end up in crazy weird places and and watch, you know, implosion happen all around you. Like it's inevitable. And we see it all the time. We see it in small churches. We see it in large churches, even in small churches, like you're the guy, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're not careful, you don't build healthy systems. You don't actually live in shared leadership. Mm -hmm. um, Like you'll end up becoming the guy. And then it's really hard to get outside of that comfort zone because we like power we like money. We like influence. Um, those are all really tantalizing things. That's um, why you know Paul speaks against them so often. Um, and we end up in those things. Like you know, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but like um, all you know, all power corrupts is not held accountable. Um, and you've got to you know, thankfully your church is you know working through that book. But like you've got to build structures that force your leaders yeah. to be held accountable. Um, It's the only way, it's the only way this works. Um, And I know that's hard and, and, you know, all that, but um, yeah, you know, that means as the key leader of an organization, like you don't always get your way and that's hard, like that's hard to lead. Yeah. You don't want to be so overbearing your authority that nothing can get down. There's so much (laughs) bureaucracy, like Mm -hmm. create the lanes. Uh, make sure the lanes are solid and then let everyone stay in their lanes and run. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Without helping lanes to be created and then making sure that overlap doesn't like, I've been a part of churches where like there has been lanes created. Um, mm-hmm. but there's so much crossover in those lanes constantly because structure was never enforced. Um, yeah. that now you end up in this really weird place where either, you know, um, the authority that's supposed to be the authority isn't acting like the authority, or there's, you know, too much oversight from the authority into the people right. um, that, you know, they're not able to make decisions or, or do anything without like, you know, jumping through seven steps. Um, so like, there's a delicate balance. It's not, it's not a science. It's an art to, to live in those things. But yeah. Um, and unfortunately I shouldn't say unfortunately for church work, you know, w- yes, we have boards, um, a lot of you know boards function where the senior pastor is like he's the voice, he's the man, or she's the man. Mm-hmm. If that's your you know, that's your theological you know theological background. Um, but even in like church world, is like it's not yours. Like even right. if you started it, like Bill City, I've started right. it, um, but it's not right. mine. Like right from the get go, I can be removed. Right, like, like that's yeah. the reality of it. Yeah. If, if the if the elders decided tomorrow, or you know, and at some point we'll have overseers, but we don't have them yet, so the elders function in this role until overseers are in place. But um, yeah. the elders could remove me tomorrow or today, even. Um, right, like that's a possibility. It's never mine. It's not like I get to build mm-hmm. something and then sell it. That'd be sweet. Um, and I honestly that's where the think business that role, build it over there
1: dude 15 years from now if you know god willing if if hill city's still going and thriving and doing all kinds of good things uh oh it will yeah, be andrew yeah i think so but you know say you have like a couple thousand people there or many more or whatever um and a lot of people are going to look and say this josh man he did it he did this and it's like that's the natural bent is to start looking at the person at the top and saying like, this was from them. Like, I don't know what we'd do without them. And, uh, I don't know. I think when you start to get success, that might be the moment where it's hardest to, uh, do what we're talking about in a minute here. Like with you have day two of this, this week of the hope study that says add meek to your vocabulary. That's the title of day two practicing humility. And, uh, And man, I I haven't ever built a church from scratch to a huge thing in a community. Um, I can't imagine all the pressure, like I can't imagine a lot of the pressures that come with that and I can guess what those might be, but I can't, it'd be hard for me if I was in that position to say like, this isn't mine a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it'd be hard to stay open-handed when you see that kind of success, whether it's with a church or a business or a book you write or shoot, if our podcast ever has a million listens or some crazy thing, it's going to be really hard to not white knuckle it and say like, no, I deserve this. This is mine. I built it. It was my effort versus like the open-handed posture of like, no, like I was excited about this and I felt like it was in God's will. And I I just took the next right step that God kept putting in front of me. Um, but it's his. Like anybody that listens to our podcast, I just have to assume it's like, because, you know, the Lord is blessing us to have some audience. You know, I can't sit here and assume like, we're so great at what we say or do or think that people want to listen. It's like, no, man, far from it. <laughs> like, we uh, got to assume it's, it's God all the way. And uh, we just get to be, Kind of a part of it, and and often get to have a next step in in whatever that thing yeah. is—podcast or church or business or whatever. So, yeah, what are your and thoughts? And two, on like, that?
0: like so if you're a key leader in some in a group, in an organization, in a church, in a business, um, and this is this is the model you want to live by, where it's it's not about you. God gets the glory. You want longevity, so you like you're going to make intentional choices where you're not the decision maker, right? Yeah. Like you're going to have to take, you're going to have to make intentional choices where your want is not the decision that gets made. Um, yeah, And that's really the only way it works. And the crappy part of that is it's not like, you know, you know we're early on in, in our process of planning Hill City. Um, a lot of decisions still come through me, but you're trying to give away decision-making power as best as yeah. you possibly can, making sure you stay yeah. within the culture, right? You don't want Mm -hmm. people running off outside of the culture, but like put up the guide rules and make, and then give away. Like I remember, I don't remember some leadership book probably, but like the primary goal of an executive team or a leadership team is to figure out ways to give away authority, right? Like push decision-making far, as far as you possibly can away from your, your, your core group, Um, which is hard to do. And the crappy part is like, even if you do it really well in the beginning, it doesn't mean that you won't consolidate halfway through and bring all the power back, right? Like it, it's just a practice you have to constantly do in your life of you have to constantly be giving away decision-making power to those. Around. Does that mean they're going to fail at times and, and hurt the organization? Yes, 100%. But the reality is you're going to fail at times and hurt the organization too. So how is it any different that they're doing it than you're doing it? Um, do your due diligence, train well, and all those kinds of things. But like, you've got to give people opportunity to make decisions or you're not yeah. like Hill City takes off. You know, we're running whatever we're running, big numbers. Um, You know, so because of that, you have a, you have a pretty intensive leadership structure and how things are built. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, So here's your leadership structure. It's trying to build, you're making decisions. Um, Oh, that's what it was going to be. If you're not giving away leadership, um, Mm -hmm. you're not giving away decision-making power to your leaders, Mm -hmm. you're not going to keep good leaders. They're going to leave. Which yeah. is the reality of it. Yeah. Like, so eventually you're going to, you're going to plateau yourself because you can't give away authority. Um, so like, even if it's a selfish reason that you want something yeah. to grow, um, the way it grows is you have to empower your, your leaders around you or they're never, they're, they're never going to stick around. They're going to leave you um, because, they yeah. can't handle. It. and I think it's a good sign of your leadership. If you look around and be like, yeah, they're all mediocre leaders around me. I think it says a lot about who you are as a leader. Like it's a bunch of leaders around you. They don't, they don't want to, good leaders don't want to stick around. That's
1: true, dude. And I, I'm not a pastor, uh, but I get to, to professionally work in what I consider to be a ministry, you know, uh, a nonprofit, a Christian nonprofit where I get to do like really cool marketing work, but I fully consider it a ministry type occupation. And, uh, man, I, I think it doesn't matter what context you're in. If you're in a team, if you're in a leadership role, if you're in a position of influence, you know, because leadership isn't always just like 50 people report to me. It's I have a position of influence, you know, or I influence people, um, whether people report to me or not. Um, man, there are like humility can take a lot of intentional choices. I don't think humility is is something that you stumble into, you accidentally look up and you're like, I'm a humble person who's always an amazing team player. It's like, no, <laughs> like it takes effort actually. And lots of intentionality to live in that place of humility. Maybe that's just because of me being, uh having a natural bent towards pride and towards like achievement and look what I did and all of that. But, uh, I don't know, dude, I was just thinking there's this huge project one of my teammates is, is running point on. And I just made the intentional choice like weeks ago. Um, Like I'm going to do anything that I can to support this work and see it thrive because this is our team's major work right now. And there's so many other big projects coming where we're going to need to be pinch hitters for whatever, or for, for each other. So if that means me, running slides while they present and managing breakout rooms, great <laughs> on Zoom. Like I'm in, you know, if that means me jumping in to help present, awesome. If that's me pulling videos and or, or data or whatever in the background, like great. Let's do it. But and and I don't say that to say look at me being humble, because that's I'm not good at that naturally, um, by any means. I'm I'm just saying it to say it is a natural or it's a choice uh, every time to say, I'm going to take a posture of giving away influence or not trying to take influence for myself, um, leadership. I'm going to do something to make others shine. Like I'm going to not try to see my teammate in the spotlight and shrink that I want to like magnify the spotlight (laughs) on them and just get a win as a team and and let them take credit, you know? So Anyway, it's just it takes intentionality to to be humble, uh, I think, and yeah that add meek to your vocabulary is a cool way to say it because you know Bible talks about the the meek um shall inherit the earth that's in the Sermon on the Mount uh, it's one of the Beatitudes, and it's like totally opposite of what you would think, you know, where Jesus is like, don't worry, like the kingdom's all upside down like this world's kingdom is is way different than the actual kingdom of heaven that you're living in and and the people that look meek now are actually uh going to inherit the world (laughs) they're going to inherit a lot because they chose to live in meekness you know um so i don't know that's a little rambly Um, just to catch everybody
0: up um, I know, I know we're like almost 30 minutes into this podcast already, but um, we're, we're processing through the hope study, um, which is an eight week, eight week study to help people find hope and more importantly, yeah. keep it. And mm-hmm. we think that hope is found in relationship with Jesus. So we want to help you yeah. foster relationship with Jesus, foster relationship with people and fully embrace mm-hmm. the gospel in your life. That's the goal um, yeah. this week. So we've. We've covered. I don't know. This is like the fifth or sixth episode mm-hmm. of this series. Um, we covered the preamble, which is the overview. We talked about grace changes everything. We talked about faulty yeah. attributes, characteristics that we apply to God that aren't true. Last week, we talked about relationship uncensored, and Andrew's wife called that pornographic. Um, the title, um, it's not. She just has a dirty mind. That would be <laughs> that. Uh, This week, this week is emerge uh, from the foxhole. Like, how do we embrace this new life? Uh, I think it's, it's it first Corinthians 11. It's definitely, or sorry, second Corinthians 11. It's definitely second Corinthians. I don't know if it's an 11. Uh, Paul talks about being a new creation. That the old is gone and the new has come. Um, and how do we actually embrace that new life? So that's kind of us emerging from the foxhole. So the idea is like, um, uh, you're beat up, protected. You're, you're trying to kind of keep everybody out. So you stay safe. Um, how do you actually come out and kind of see the light? Um, is this mm-hmm. idea. Uh, And one of those weeks, like Andrew said, is, is add meek to your vocabulary. Um, I like the word meek mainly because Mm -hmm. Jesus used it, but the definition of meek is this, and this is according to Webster's dictionary um, because we're smart. Um, But it's enduring injury with patience and out without resentment. Wow. Dang. So like, as, as we talk about it in this sense, like it's, Choosing not to be the spotlight, like Andrew just said, choosing not to get what you want and not only do that with, but do that with patience and without resentment for those that are getting what you don't have. Yeah. Um, and as you were talking and, and kind of sharing what you just did, like the thought that came into my mind is, you know, it's really hard for you to be humble and meek if you're not comfortable with who you are. Yeah. Um, totally. I, I think a lot of people get into a struggle. They can't celebrate other people's successes because they're just not comfortable with who they are yet. They want to be somebody else. Um, yeah. They want to have a different platform. They want to have different kind of influence. They want to whatever. They want something else they don't have. Yeah. Um, and, and they're just not comfortable with who they are. And I think as you walk with Jesus and let Jesus do work on your heart, I think the better you become um, at being okay with who you are what you're good at, what you're not good at, and being okay with it. I'm not saying if you're not good at something, don't work. at getting better at it. That's not the right. conversation. But I am saying, like, you want to be, um, for my context, you want to be the best best preacher in the entire world. That's your goal. Yeah. Um, well, I know this. I'm not the best preacher in the entire world. <laughs> I'm never going to be the best preacher in the entire world. Can I preach? Yes. Um, but right. I'm not going to be – there's going to be rooms I'm going to walk into that I'm not the best preacher in the room, and that's okay. Sure. Um, I'm just going to be me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, am I the best leader in the entire world? No, I'm not. Um, I'm not even close. I'm not even probably in, in the top 60% of leaders. Um, but, uh, I can work at it and I know where I'm at and I can be honest with where I'm at and, you know, just take the right next step. Like Andrew said earlier, I think when we get really comfortable with just who we are, who God's created us to be and being content with those things, um, I think it's a lot more easier to be humble. I think it's a lot yeah. more easier to be meek. It's a lot more yeah. easier to allow other people to have success. I'll say it this way, have success on your work and your back. Yeah. So like you did work, you built something, whatever it is, you put in the time and energy into this next project or you put mm-hmm. in the time and energy into um, uh, this next event that you put on or, or whatever happens to be and someone else got the credit for it, um, you got to be okay with that now hopefully yeah. that person is also functioning in humility and gives credit everywhere credit is due but like can you celebrate as a team if the team won even though you didn't individually get the credit um, and yeah. I, I think for a lot of people it's really hard to do and I think mm-hmm. oftentimes it's hard to do because we're just not comfortable with us like we're insecure um, we don't like us and who we are where we're at in life and and that keeps us from ever attaining anymore more. Um, yeah. so I don't know if you've been around insecure people but like even if they hide it really well, it seeps through. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you, you just don't want to be around that. Like it's, it's unattractive. It's painful yeah. to be in a relationship with those kind of people. Like it, it's just, it's just not a world you want to live to. So you don't want to be that person for other people, like deal yeah. with the insecurities, deal with the junk, have those conversations with Jesus. And let them start working on those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, before this, we were talking about Mars Hill and in uh, that podcast and also just how that relates to so much leadership, um, which is where we've been this whole time. But um, the next day in the Hope Study, uh, day three of this week is called Obedience is a Scary Word. And uh, I don't know. I wanted to get your thoughts on on why you think it's important to go through kind of humility and obedience and kind of do it the way you're doing it, because I can, I have some guesses, uh, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on obedience and and what sparks in you when you hear you should obey Josh? <laughs> like Josh, you should obey someone yeah. or something. What, what comes up in you?
0: Yeah, I think obedience is a scary word because we probably all have stories. I know I do have stories of where someone demanded your obedience and it caused harm to you Hmm. um like it wasn't in love it wasn't in caring it wasn't in um what's best for you is 100 selfish uh and they and obedience was demanded like we all have those kind of stories or we've seen the stories like we don't like the word don't tell me what to do right like yeah it's just not the world but the reality is there isn't anyone that is more caring. There isn't anyone that's more loving. There isn't anyone that has your best interest at heart uh, in the greater scheme of the kingdom than Jesus himself, right? Mm -hmm. Like when he demands obedience— when he asks for obedience, it's not a bad word. It doesn't like, it shouldn't leave gross taste in your mouth. Like he's trying to get you to where he wants you to go. He wants you to experience this full life. He wants you to experience, you know, a life of adventure, a life of making an impact. He wants you to have all these things, but you got to deal with the junk that's going on in your life. So you can get to those things and to deal with that junk, you got to follow his lead. And the first, the first day of this, this week is, is actually called let, let go of the reins. Like who's in control of your life?
1: Yeah. Um, Are you in control
0: or God is in control? And you're like, well, God's in control. Is he really though? Like when you look at, let's just, I know we've used this illustration a thousand times, but I think it's, it's helpful. When you look at all the things that are wrong with you, sins that you commit, you know, anger, you know, lust, um, uh, hurting people around you, whatever, you can go on and on and on and on what those sins could be. I picked the ones that hit most people. Yeah. Um, like if, if that's where you're at and you're like, it's up to me to like, take care of all those things. And when I don't take care of those things, I'm a, I'm a crappy Christian and God doesn't like me as much as he used to. Um, like it's this, you know, weird, um, um, popularity game that all of a sudden yeah. who can be the best? So God loves them more. Um, right. but in, in all of that, what's act, what's actually happening is you're not giving up control of your life. Mm-hmm. You're saying, well, God doesn't want me to sin in these ways. So I'm going to figure out all the solutions. So I don't sin in these ways. And, and you can't really find it in scripture that that's, that's the methodology. It's, it's really not up to you. It's up to Jesus. Like it's clear of the gospel that you have right. no power over sin without Christ. Um, but When Jesus takes control of those things, it's amazing how much easier it is to fight and combat and change behavior that leads to those sins, um, which is kind of crazy. It feels passive-aggressive or passive-aggressive. It feels passive when I say that. You're like, well, then I just kind of sit around and let Jesus change me. No, you're an active participant in that relationship. You're just not Mm -hmm. the leader of that relationship. And that's a hard thing, I think, for a lot of us is we're Mm -hmm. not in control. We can be, mm-hmm. and God will let you be in control of your own, own life, or at least make you feel like you're in control of your life, own life, and make the decisions right. how you want them to make, how you want to make them. You know, we call that sin, and we, you know, Scripture is very clear that sin, all sin, leads to destruction. So, you know, right. God will give you what you want if that's what you want. Um, but when we choose to live in a relationship with Jesus, like we're not in control yeah. anymore. Um, God's in control, so we have to constantly one. Practice meekness. Practice humility. Um, remind ourselves: Hey, we're not in control. God's in control. God's got this. Um, I'm just going to do and be obedient to what God is asking me to do. So when you're in a relationship with Jesus, and you're reading whatever in in, in the you know scripture, and God's recorded word, and you know something pops out, and you start down this conversation with with Jesus to have this conversation about um, maybe it's maybe it's a relationship, a past relationship. Um, um, you know, during your college days that you're still kind of holding on to or not thinking about. But like, there's some things that happened in that relationship, things that were said, ways that you treated people, um, ways that you got hurt. um, And you don't want to deal with any of those things. So you've kind of just like pushed off that conversation, don't want to deal with it, talk about it. Um, not even with Jesus. And like, that's the thing. That's where obedience lives. Like that's where, it, that's the thing Jesus wants to talk about. Um, that's the thing that Jesus wants to get, dig into because he's going to help you find some freedom in some places. He's going to yeah. help you have the ability to conquer some things like, but we don't want to get into those things and be obedient to those things. Cause it'd be, a, it could be a small step of, Hey, Hey Josh, I want you to talk about this experience with me. Yeah. Well, to talk about that experience is obedience to not talk mm-hmm. about the experience would be disobedient. Right. And oh, we'll sure. say it a different way oh. to talk about that experience is putting God in control to not mm-hmm. talk about that experience. that says, God, my way is better. Right. Yeah. That's what's happening there. So now yeah. you have this conversation with Jesus and you go, hey, Jesus, I'll talk about it. Uh, but you don't want to talk about the emotion of it. So you just talk about the facts. Yeah. And Jesus is like, hey, how did you feel when you went through? Mm-hmm. It? Well, that's now yeah. a question. Right. So I, can, yeah. is God in control? And I asked the question or am I going to be in control? And I'm doing a, I'm going to say, yeah, we're going to move past that. I didn't actually hear Jesus say that. That wasn't Jesus. Yeah, right. That was you know, it was my own mind. That was the enemy. That was he does me. The enemy wants me to else. open up that yeah. pain, right? Uh-huh. Like, and you can go down. You we keep playing this illustration out and playing like there's going to be all of these moments where you're going to choose to be let Jesus be in control. or You're in control, and this is what obedience is. Obedience yeah. is let Jesus be in control and do what He's asking you to do. It's in love. It's it's to help you out. It's not to harm you. Um, and I think so often we apply human uh, authority to Jesus. And that's just not true. We've all had crappy leaders. We've all had, you know, some of us may even have crappy parents. I've been blessed and didn't. Um, but like that's the reality of it. It Mm -hmm. could be true of a lot of us. Yeah. Um, so we're like obedience has been demanded from us and it's harmed us in the process of it all. So we're really scared of it. And I get it. Um, you have broken humans, um, trying to do things and and they're going to harm you. You've, you've, you know, been led by someone, an insecure yeah. parent, an insecure leader, an insecure teacher, um, yeah. and, like, felt the repercussions of that. I don't know if you've ever been led by those kind of people, but they're miserable mm-hmm. to be led by um, mm-hmm. because everything is a game. Everything is, like, trying to protect them. Nothing is really true um, right. and all those rig and rolls. So I know obedience has hurt you, but what I, what I think what the point we're trying to get across, Andrew and I, is it, it's worth giving Jesus a shot. I know it's terrifying. I know it can be scary. Um, But when it comes down to do I want to do, we want Jesus in control or me in control? Well, when you're not in control, it feels extremely scary, right? Yeah. Like that feels uncensored in a lot of ways. Going Mm -hmm. back to the pornographic word, Um, (laughs) that feels vulnerable. That feels intimate. Like it feels all these emotions that we don't typically like to feel because we feel exposed. Yeah, Um, There's a story out there. I'll share this one last thing, Andrew, and I'll hand it back. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Brene, Brene Brown has a book. Um, if you haven't listened to Brene Brown, Brene Brown is a vulnerability expert. Yeah, um, she yeah, great great content. Her very first book is is an has an audible form, but don't buy because it it's not her and it's miserable. Um, <laughs> whoever the actual audio person is, just read the book.
1: Um, uh-huh. I remember
0: that? Like that was like the first audiobook I ever bought, or like when I started getting audiobooks.
1: And, like, this regret. is
0: horrible. Um, she's a great communicator. She's, she used to be a Christian. I don't think she's a practicing Christian anymore. Um, hmm. and she's made her journey, but um, she, uh, she tells a story of when she was, was at a conference um, and, you know, she's meeting with the interpreter, the sign language interpreter beforehand um, to go, Hey, and the question was like any words that you use on a regular basis that I need to come up with a, an illustration for. Um, and she's like, well, I'm a, I'm a, vulnerability expert so like vulnerability i guess i'm gonna say a lot um and she like gives her a couple of options of like what about this what about that and then she takes her hands and like puts them on her chest like she's wearing a vest and then like uncensored rips her vest open kind of exposing her chest and she's like that's it that's vulnerability that's what it feels like wow Um, And, and I, I think that's, that's true to this, this conversation, right? Like, like that's what we're trying to do with God. We're trying to pull it open and expose. And, and oftentimes that's how we feel when we choose to, to get uncomfortable and give up control of our lives to somebody else or to God. um, It feels like I'm exposing myself. I'm vulnerable. But like we talked about this in, in the, in week two, um, going all the way back, like this is what. The Like this is what vulnerable relationship looks like. It was sin that yeah. clothed Adam and Eve before mm-hmm. that they were completely naked, exposed before God, both metaphorically and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes we're terrified of that feeling and I get why we're terrified of a feeling. I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Um, but like, that's the feeling we have to push into or press into um, yeah. for us to really embrace and get out of the, get out of the foxhole.
1: So good. So good. And and so right. And man, I know you have a hard stop in three minutes, so I'm going to squeeze this in real fast. But um, obedience, vulnerability, all of it uh, that we've been talking about, when you live in that and you give up the reins to Jesus and allow him, just allow the Lord to lead you in the process of sanctification, it's slow. We've talked about the list of 50 things that God might want to change in you over time, but takes you through one or two or, or maybe knocks one off slowly that actually affects a lot of the others. And, uh, anyway, man, I had a a moment the other night where I was driving, uh, to our church, uh, and I thought about a time just about a year before that, where I was driving same route for the same thing. And, uh, anyway, I had a moment where I was like, wow, God, like in this last close to a year, like there's some things that like, I know that you've changed in me, you know, like you've, you've sanctified me a little bit more in in that time in a way that maybe others can't notice or don't see or whatever, but I sure do. Like I, and I know it's not by my, my power or my will that, uh, that those things changed. And I'm just, you know, it was just a moment to say, to say thank you. And to be like, you know, you feel like you're in the trenches day in and day out of just like getting things done. And for me, parenting and homesteading and all these things we do, that that keep us busy, um, but when you take a minute and look up and have a moment to reflect on six months ago at the same time or a year ago at the mm-hmm. same time or whatever you might you will see yeah. <laughs> ripples of like, wow, God has been doing some sanctification work in my life, and I, I I see the way I live differently now, even if I haven't felt it so much day in and day out. That intentional, like, yeah. Vest open vulnerability and, and obedience. Um, it it works. Like that's what the Lord works through in us. So mm-hmm. um, man, I know you gotta go, mm-hmm. but uh I know I feel like we just got into the meat of this, but maybe we'll revisit a little bit of it when we record next week. But uh thanks for your time, my friend. Yeah. This was great.
0: No. Yeah, and and with this whole thing, like you know, we're talking about meekness and vulnerability and and obedience with God. Um, and a lot of those same attributes come into play with people, right? Like we've got to be humble and we got to be vulnerable with people if we're fully going to be known by people. And I think oftentimes we forget that as well. We'll eventually get there when we talk about these things, but, um, we, uh, uh, we oftentimes feel like, um, well, as long as they can be completely honest with God, then everything's good. And that's just not the life that Jesus designed for us. Like we gotta be in relationship with people. We miss out on so much when we choose not to be. Um relationship with God's important. It's the key. It's the source of it all. Um, but he also wants us to to be in relationship with other people. Um we'll probably come back to this this week, um, next week as well. Um and dig into how do we like rest in relationship? Matthew yeah. eleven. Yeah. Um and what does that look like and start so to talk about that a little bit more because i think it's worth it and For then sure. how do you make sure you create boundaries in your life um, mm-hmm. or triggers in your life that remind you you're going back to where you were rather than continue to embrace yeah. where god's yeah. wanted you to be mm-hmm. um, and that's what we'll finish out but andrew sweet. as always my friend it's good to see your sparkling blue eyes
1: <laughs> <laughs> good to see you my man Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people.
0: And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you.